0: And we are Kino Motel.
1: And you're listening to Interview Under Fire.
0: All
2: right, welcome back, everyone. Sunny here with another brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. We got a special episode today as I'm also joined by my co host, Julie LaCrout. Julie, how's Hello. it going?
3: Good, nice to be here.
2: <laughs> and joining us are Ed Frazier and Rosa Mercedes of Kino Motel. Thank you guys so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. This is an important yet exciting time of the year for you guys with the release of your debut single, Waves. And the word is out already on how you guys have pretty much cemented yourselves in a new sonically creative genre filled world called grit pop. You know, first off, congratulations on all the well-deserved acknowledgments it's been getting so far especially from northern transmission backseat mafia mx down two-story melody flaunt excess noise you know the list goes on for you guys but before we get to that i'm gonna ask a very important question it's a very simple one but i think it's an important one to ask considering where we are at our lives at this moment how are you (laughs) you know how has life been for you guys individually you know our lives have pretty much changed since March. So how's life in Australia right now?
1: It's pretty good right now. Yeah. it's um, We were in lockdown for like six months in Melbourne. Wow. It's crazy. So like our lives couldn't be any more different to what they were pre-COVID, as I'm sure it's the same for a lot of people. Uh, so it's pretty weird, to be honest. Like we've gone from being people who travel a lot, tour a lot, uh, living fairly hectic lives to then just like being in
0: one house, one place, six months. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I feel like we've been through some kind of um, intensive mental ninja training. and
2: That's a a really good way to put it. (laughs) I didn't think about that.
0: Yeah, and in some ways I feel actually more sane um and another was not so much
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah. i feel definitely
1: less sane than i did six months ago
2: yeah (laughs) yeah you know making the best of the situation is definitely a challenge and you guys are doing that i know we're all doing that um you know i'm gonna actually pass this off to julie because she actually has a very uh a really interesting question she to start you guys off at this next one so julie if you want to
3: take the helm here Okay. So um, in researching a little bit, uh, I noticed you two have quite the interesting backstory. Um, how did you meet and what is it like creating music, producing music with your spouse?
2: <laughs> Who wants to take this one? <laughs> Y'all are looking at each other like, okay, you want to do this? Do you want to do this?
0: <laughs> well, we um, we actually met on kind of a in kind of a community, like a commune together that we okay. were both in. And um, like, you know, it's pretty unusual climate to meet someone in. Um, you know, we used to do these kind of like um, fairly theatrical things and, and be in nature. And um, yeah, it was a unique way to meet someone Um, and so I think when you meet someone like that, you can click in a, in a different way that maybe you don't get to see that side of someone in the, in the normal, in the normal world.
2: (laughs) Uh, so Rosa, speaking of which you said, and I'm, I'm taking this from the two story melody article that I read. You said the first song you ever heard Eddie sing was Dolly Parton's Jolene and he was wearing a blonde wig at the time. I mean, that's when it clicks, right?
0: That's when it clicks. And the rest Um, of it's history. That's right. I also, um, I really liked, you know, no matter what, Eddie does a lot of lunging when he plays music. And um, that really appealed to me as well. Um, I'm pretty sure when he was singing Jolene, there was a lunge or two as well. I like to stretch. I like to (laughs) walk. like
1: really spread myself out on stage no matter, no matter what the stage is
2: can you sing it for us <laughs> yes yes uh, we were we were going through and i was like should we ask him that let's see what okay
0: i'm
2: definitely switching the angles here here we go <laughs> all yours brother
1: i'm not sure if i can remember it that's not it Sort of close. jolene jolene
2: jolene jolene yeah. oh my god okay that was awesome, awesome. it was great because rosa was like you're actually doing this aren't you
0: <laughs> i'm <I was> impressed
2: <laughs> hey hey that, that's great i love that story because just something simple like that can just expand into what it is right now um, Julie, you want to ask that this next question because I I think the next one's very important as well. Cause it's a very Absolutely. nice transition into what do we want to talk about next. That's very awesome. Ed, we're gonna have to finish that song someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Julie. God.
3: So given the state of the world right now, what is it like beginning your musical journey career in the midst of a pandemic? Are there other challenges that weren't there before? What is it like for you guys?
1: It's yeah, it's actually pretty. Weird, it's really different. Um, yeah, I'm definitely used to putting out a record or a single or something and then touring around that, playing shows around that, and that's such a huge part of promoting music. And not being able to do that is it's definitely very different and quite a challenge, but it's also afforded us the opportunity to spend more time on other aspects of the music and. Like other aspects around the music so we're able to explore like our creative sides like making silly promo videos
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah, Good. that's been really cool it's like oh we can't go on tour and we have like all this time let's make a video about you know how to stick a sticker or like you know making these like funny promo videos and yeah, it's it's definitely got some big challenges, but then there's definitely positives to it.
2: You know yeah, we, go ahead, Rosa, you want to finish that thought.
0: Um yeah, I think it's it's sort of a lot more online than it would normally be. Normally Ed, Ed and yeah. I would go to shows pretty much every day of the week and you kind of when you release something you feel like it's in this network that you're seeing with your own real eyes. Okay. <laughs> and, um and now we're just basically, you know, whatever we do online, we're just going to entertain ourselves and hopefully other people as much as possible.
2: Yeah, I don't know how the, you know, well, my the way my schedule was before this pandemic went down, I was at a show every week. I don't know how it was for you guys as far as that is concerned. But having said that, I want to talk about that that lifestyle because the live concert experience for both of you. What was your biggest takeaway from that? Because now you're both of you are kind of just taking like an unseen step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the concert life? Because we're talking about culture, fans, even the food. There's just so many things about the touring life, the live concert experience, which makes it amazing. What was each of yours, you know, biggest takeaway about that lifestyle before everything shut down? Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, yeah, I definitely miss it. And it's, yeah, you definitely realize how much of a community it is and how much of a uh, very well connected worldwide community you're part of when you play music. Um, and how, how easily that just, like, once, how easily that disappears, you know? Um, yeah. So, like, I, I, yeah, I guess from a personal perspective, I miss the connections and the friendship and meeting people and just being able to be around people all the time. Um, it's huge. And that's like, obviously, that's such a huge part of what music's about is connection and people. and.
0: But we are, we're sort of preparing this. Um, we're setting this whole band up. With that in mind that that's what we want to be doing so mm. this is this feels like you know um something we do before we are on tour as much as possible and seeing people as much as possible so it's very much like we still very much feel connected to that future of that being what we do
2: you know a very popular topic on the show for the last eight months and i can't believe i'm i'm even saying eight months and you guys have seen this all these bands is a live streaming they've been taking what they do on stage and putting on the screen like we're doing right now um two months ago i actually went to i don't know if you guys heard about this metallica did a live streaming in here in the states and in dallas it sold out immediately so luckily you know my a friend of mine got was able to get a ticket to it and we went and believe it or not, this is my first ever Metallica experience. I know someone like me, how could you have not seen Metallica already at this point? <laughs> I get there. It was just it was very unique because it was just a deserted field, which is just, just a bunch of cars just parked right across the lot, just the hundreds of them. And what's the most popular thing we hear at like, you know, like a, at a metal show, for example, oh, let me see your horns. And what do you see? You see a sea of just horns of just fans doing this, right? Right. We see that. So instead, what do we get? Uh, the artist was saying, hey, let me hear you honk your horns. So if you roll your window down, you just hear cars just honking, like just in the middle of the night, just all the way down. It was so (laughs) odd and it made me miss, you know, the live experience even more. So I wanted to ask with all the experience that both of you have gained in, with all the connections you have made, do you guys think the quarantined induced live streaming surge that we're seeing right now from all these artists around the world, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward? Do you guys see bands doing this even after all this is over?
1: Good question. Yeah, hard to say. I mean, I personally hope that touring can get back to some kind of semblance of what it was before, but obviously that's going to be difficult for a lot of smaller venues and and things like this, or even the larger ones, I guess. Yeah, good question. I reckon, yeah, I feel like we're probably going to see more people doing, like, more creative in studio stream style concerts. Like, we've even spoken about it ourselves that maybe we'd, we're going to try and shoot like a multi cam in studio thing with a band and then release that.
2: And that'd be awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, less as a live stream thing and more of just like a, you know, here's this thing that we're going to put plenty of time and effort into making it sound good, making it look good. Um, yeah, I feel like we might see more of that stuff in the, in the future.
2: Yeah, there's a... Sorry, Rosa, I, I always know you are going to say something out there. Go ahead, go ahead.
0: <laughs> I was just taking a sharp intake of breath. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, no, I, I... Yeah, I think people... I think sometimes those smaller gigs are, are even just excuses for people to meet. Um, mm. So I, I, I think there'll be just as many... There'll probably just be more of everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be so much live people will be desperate to, to just meet up and, and go to like gigs with their, their mates, whoever they're following, and um but then there'll be more online content too. Gonna be busy. There's gonna be so <laughs>
1: much live stuff that people are gonna be desperate to stay home alone. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you oh, know no yeah you you guys have put it perfectly you know another thing to think about is like the saturation of the market like all these artists are at home like yourselves and we're there's so much new content like just every week you see it coming out but when this is all over you can have all these bands who are going to want to present this music live i had a band uh uh the name of the band is pigs 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 it's literally seven (laughs) times they're from the uk (laughs) they had a new album that came out and they felt it didn't feel complete unless they had the opportunity to present it to the fans live. I don't know if that's something that rings in your mind that ever actually seeps in your mind thinking about that, but it's a very interesting take on it. But what I was trying to get at is when all these bands are coming out, when you know things are back to normal, whenever that will be, all these venues, I don't know how it's like in Australia where you're at, but in Dallas, there are venues that are shutting down here in the States as well. And yeah. some bands will get lucky, some bands won't. And that's another thing to think about is just the uncertainty going forward. But, um, and there's no right or wrong answer. You guys gave a perfect answer on what you wanted to do because some artists would be like, oh, I'm not doing anything at all this is over. And some artists would be like, yeah, I would love to do live streaming. It's a way for me to still engage with the fans. I mean, mm-hmm. I have the liberty to mosh in my own room if I wanted to, but you know, it'll make me miss, you know, seeing you guys live. Like I would love to see Kino Motel live. Just hearing that waves track and I'm just like, man, can you imagine the amount of impact you guys would have visually? Just especially with nowadays, the visual presentation I think is just as important as far as what you hear. I don't know, yeah. what, what comes to your mind when you think about that, right?
1: Yeah, fully, yeah. fully. Um, I yeah, I I like like I like the live stream stuff, and especially when people put effort into it, and yeah, it's great that people are still making the effort to connect to the fans and and give something for people to watch, but it's never the same as the actual real thing as well. Like that you feel music when it's live and loud and in front of you. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Like again, we're making the best best of the situation. Here we are. I know we talked about everything from head to toe. I promise we'll talk about ways and everything you're working on right now. I promise came out October 24th. It's only about a, over a week old and it's been on repeat in my headphones for as long as I've been listening to it. And you guys said you, we really wanted waves to sound like the soundtrack to a film. First of all, I got to say, I'm the biggest Tarantino fan. So, as I was going through like the list of Tarantino films I watched, you know, from Inglorious Bastards to Kill Bill to Django and Change, it sounded exactly like a Tarantino film. Like the soundtrack from the cinematography. And I know Julie's a big fan of cinematography. Like, so you guys nailed it on the dot. And it was so it was Kung Fu expired. You guys nailed everything. You know, Julie, if you want to chime in with this these next couple of questions cuz she has some really good follow-ups to that the waves track you guys put out. So, Julie, go ahead and take it from here.
3: Sure. So, um in the press release that came out, I had read that Waves was written in about a week um and it was based on an experience that you had in Thailand a couple of years back. So, I'm going to go for it. Can you talk a little bit about the experience um and how it influenced the single?
1: uh I would prefer not to
0: okay oh we, okay yeah we don't want to ruin your
2: surprise you
0: know, your imagination um, okay with you know banal reality
3: okay <laughs> <laughs> um so i guess then my next question off of that one would be we've described your music as grit pop what in terms of your explanation um, how would you describe that subgenre best and how does it represent your music?
1: Yeah, I guess we like um, we both love like good poppy hooks and like things that are listenable and things that have a chorus and catchy and stuff like that. Um, but then we both also love stuff that's different, um, discordant. Melodically, maybe a bit weird. Harmonically, maybe not always pleasing. So things are a bit on the more arty side of the side of things. Um, and then like the dirt and the grit and darkness, we're both pretty sure I can speak for both of us. In our, yeah, we're both fans of things that are gritty and darker and dirtier. So I guess it's essentially that. It's like this idea of trying to write pop music um, that's on the darker, more arty, more dissonant side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Initially, this project, uh, when we started this project together, I personally was like, all right, I want to try and write very accessible pop music. And (laughs) (laughs) because I... (laughs) Yeah, I've a background in heavy.
2: I mean, uh, look what's behind me. I got a behemoth plaque behind me, and you got me to listen to (laughs) Kino Motel. I think you pretty much accomplished that as far as that is concerned.
1: (laughs) But my background is in very heavy, not very accessible music. Um, So when we started this, and it was like, yeah, I'm going to try and write accessible pop music, and because I like that too, you know, I like all kinds of stuff, and I love it. uh, And then I've had people who've heard it have been like, yeah, man, that's not particularly pop. (laughs) It's not very (laughs) to me it sounds poppy, so I don't know, but people have definitely said to us and to me, like, yeah, man, it's not really that poppy and it's like still (laughs) somehow. So yeah, it's as well as I can explain it, I guess. Yeah. Or catchy hooks pop music, but like Kind of heavy and dirty and okay, so
2: so If I may add, I'm not gonna go further into it. Julie knows a little bit about it, but I Listen to the Spice Girls growing up. That's all I'm gonna say I hear that so, so When you when you guys put out this this song I was like, okay This actually took me back to my roots and then now look at us metalheads talking about pop. What is this? This is 2020 right? <laughs> so I know some of the music video for waves Waves is the first of a five part series that will take the band around the globe from Bangkok to Thailand to Australia. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, I want to ask you know, how much did things change from when you guys first started composing on a song like Waves to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change in between? Was there already a specific sound you guys knew you wanted with Waves? And you can answer this for your forthcoming songs as well. If you can talk about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Everything, everything changed. That's I mean, good. Like, it's been this like very open long-term process where we we wanna give ourselves so much freedom to develop the seed of the idea and let it just go where it wants to go. and And also like, you know, give each other a lot of freedom to just put down ideas. Often we put something down it couldn't feel like it's the whole finished song. And then we listen to it later and we're like, no, that's not cool. Is it? Yeah. And we're like, no, it's not. And then we're like, oh, we'll put something else there.
2: <laughs> hey, it's not pop enough. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> there's,
0: yeah. a lo- there's definitely a lot of experimentation
1: going on.
2: And uh, was it a, was it, I don't mean to interrupt you there, but I think, uh, well, I wanted to follow up. Was it produced and mixed by yourselves? Okay, so having said that, was there a sense of comfortability knowing that, okay, this is the way we wanted it to sound, and you can add on to, you know, between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, what challenges have either of you faced this time around that you could take forward with you in future productions?
0: Mm.
1: So, initially we were planning to have someone else mix it, Um, but then, like, COVID happens and we had no money and a bunch of extra time on our hands, It's like, well, we can't afford to pay someone to mix it. We're going to mix it ourselves. Um, so, like, that was like a bit of an, an unexpected bonus. And yeah, when you're mixing it yourself and recording it yourself, it's at any time uh, you can easily go, "Oh, I'm just going to change the chord structure in the Which like is a blessing and a curse, I guess, because you can then it's very easy to then never put down the paintbrush. You know, you just keep rewriting the song and it goes on and on and on. And time wise this definitely blew out by like at least six months, I think. We were planning to release this stuff a fair bit sooner than we actually did. (laughs) Yeah. But now that we, yeah, so now that this COVID's happened and all this stuff, and we're like, oh, well, I guess we can just mix stuff ourselves. um, That's completely changed the process
0: Mm. for
1: us too, because, yeah, we can just put down bare bones of any song and then we can add any element at any time.
0: And we took, we took like at least a couple of months to actually do like full time mixing school online. Awesome. Um, So we'll take that forward, especially Eddie. He's the he's the wizard mixer. I'm I'm I'm, uh, you know not quite as uh, technical minded as Eddie, but um, yeah, we both did this mixing school, and um, I think gained so many skills that we can now put onto the next tracks moving forward and have total freedom to do whatever.
2: I mean, if if anything, you guys actually learn more about yourselves. You know, like you know, yeah, we're at home. Yeah, we're we don't have much to you know latch on to except the what we're passionate about. Like I didn't know I was going to be doing podcasts six months ago, and now here I am. And you guys are like my hundredth guest, you know, and this is kind of like like what the, the norm for me. And this is actually a good thing. It allows me to open up with the artists in a way that I've never had before. I'm learning more about myself as yeah. much as I'm learning about yourself. So, you know. Yeah. Again, little metalhead inside in there. I'm going to go in there. But um, gonna, I have, I have a question. Throw- <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Julie.
3: <laughs> so, with your upcoming songs, are they going to tell one cohesive story or will it be multiple stories?
1: It's uh So, the songs themselves are about like various things. The songs are all. Um, the subject matter for the songs are different, but the videos are. Uh, tell a somewhat cohesive story mm. yeah okay gosh so i
2: love the videos I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just getting excited like when you guys release the next one i know we'll get to that in a minute but go ahead go ahead
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a lot of fun with the videos is yeah we're, we're pretty stoked on people we've been able to work with and how it came out and yeah it's it's a storyline that's gonna there's a few twists and turns and it's going it's going to change along the way but yeah okay. it, it is a cohesive um, series so
2: this is going to be on apple and spotify i'm going to make sure it, there's some way quentin tarantino needs to hear this because you're talking about <laughs> telling a story in your way the way that you guys have presented it visually and artistically in a way that i've never seen it, anything like this before um i mean the sky's the limit for you guys i'm gonna throw one name out there josephine runstein who also plays drums on all the songs And she's primarily a violinist. And I actually play violin myself. So as soon as she, I I heard where as soon as she finished tracking the drums uh, with you guys, she busted out the violin. So it was like she helped you guys manifest this creation. What was that experience like bringing in outside professionals in their respective fields into your world of making music? Did it make the process easier knowing that they were present?
1: Fully. Yeah. Yeah roses has toured with josephine and uh
2: awesome
1: so they knew each other quite well already um and she is uh an incredible musician like has been playing music for years comes from a very musical family she's very professional i i grew, I grew up playing in you know crappy bands in garages so we
2: both did i already know how you feel <laughs> i kind of just want to pick up a violin just right after you said that
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i'm i'm very impressed by josephine and her like anyone who's a professional musician is is impressive but she's incredible you know like i i see the stuff she does and the way she does it and it's like it's like watching a master at work Mm -hmm. um and playing and being in the studio and playing with and being around people of who have these kind of abilities and skills. And it's, um, it's very inspiring and it, it brings to go back to your original question. I feel very comfortable, you know, it makes you, there's, it gives you a lot of confidence in what she's able to do and what's going to come out. Mm. Um, Cause she can do anything, you know. You're like, can you make it sound like this? And then she's like, oh yeah. And then she's like, like this, and she's like, oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, no,
2: no pressure. Just bring her in on any future releases you guys have. <laughs> on, on, on waves, on waves. There's a lyric that really stands out. I know it stood out to other publications. Cut through a winding path among trees, shadows hung under leaves under your feet as you run, and. Ed, you said that song is about escaping, getting out, leaving a toxic situation, and how hard it can be. And you really have to fight for it. It's it's not easy. And I think it very reflects into the time we are in today. Let me ask both of you about this question. To what level do you guys like to have a theme for your songs? And how important are themes to you? Is that more about helping you guys write or sound? Or is that more for the audience? Because a lot of artists, they don't really care about themes. They just do 10 songs in the studio, and that's it but I felt like you guys had a specific dilemma you wanted to reach with waves and maybe even your future songs you have coming up. Yeah.
1: Um, I can, yeah, I can only speak personally, but uh, for me, it's like an emotional uh, outlet and connection and release and lyrically, it's very much an emotional uh, thing for me and something that I feel like I need to do. Um and I find that if I'm not writing music and I'm not writing songs, I've become like kind of an unhappy person.
2: Um, yeah. That, so that's it's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way it should be. You should be able to just write out and be passionate what you want. Just let the world know what you want. What you, what you feel?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a healthy release for me. You know, I've learned that about myself. Um, so lyrically the themes are, important personally i guess and i i personally don't tend to get into and tell like if fans come up and they're like hey man what's this song about or they write me an email like hey dude can you tell me i tend to not tell people what the songs are actually about because i like to leave it open to interpretation and if someone really gets something from that song then i like to leave that uh for them uh yeah so I guess lyrically the themes are not specifically for an audience and it's more just what comes out,
2: you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think. I... <laughs> <laughs> God,
1: Rose
2: and me are going to have to like, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Be like a buzzer. <laughs> go ahead.
0: <laughs> I think that um, um, I noticed there are really strong themes I think in, in lyrics that Eddie writes and in in songs that I write, um, but they're not conscious. Um, they are, they happen when you look back on what you've written Mm. and there are always themes and, um, but it's not something to plan. It's actually something you can reflect on afterwards. Mm. There are always themes. Yeah. Yeah. I see it in your work so much as well. (laughs)
1: likewise yeah Yeah. sometimes you realize a year later you know yeah like i'm singing a song from you you know that i wrote a year prior and i'm like oh that's what that song's about that's right
0: that's right and i have i have like a lot of i write so many books and books of diaries of like lyrics or just like stream of consciousness and um and i look back you know that the what i've written six months preceding some kind of event it's all in there like yeah. it's yeah it's always you, you you're already doing what you're doing before it happens there's these major themes in our lives that if you if you're like you know in a place where you're writing a lot it becomes very obvious mm-hmm. yeah
2: i don't know if it's the same with uh you guys or julie if you're gonna chime in on this because anytime i hear a song It doesn't really hit me until much later. Like for example, uh, "Siamese Dream" from Smashing Pumpkins. Like everybody knows that album. You know, it's such a such a staple in like in not not just not just you know rock, just in music in general. I that didn't become my favorite album until like maybe fifteen years later. You know, and when from when I first heard it to where I am right now. And now, uh, you know, I don't know if it's the way with you, Rosa, you know, looking at your diary, like going back, it's like, wow, did I actually write? Oh, you know what? Let's use this. This is actually good. You know, (laughs) I don't know if that's something that just like happens, you know, because you have so much that you've manifested from what you've experienced growing up and then you saved it in a diary or nowadays you can save it on a phone if you want. But, you know, I, I always wondered, it's always interesting to know how that works when it comes to bringing that old lyric out, bringing that old self out almost and trying mm-hmm. to put that into a perspective where you may have not been able to express it before. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, Totally, totally. Yeah, there's often like a theme that I've been uh, writing about like a year previously and then the next year I'll take it out and look at it and I'm like, oh, I have perspective on this now and I, I see the value of that theme and I'm kind of still in it and then, and then the song happens yeah it's, yeah, it's it's kind of amazing to have that tool to be able to try and like understand the events of your life, basically.
2: Do you guys have uh, do you guys have any mini like any announcements about that single simple desire that's coming out anytime soon? Because that was also recorded and mixed in the same wave session as in Berlin and Melbourne, is that correct? Yeah. Are we that's are right. we staying harsh about this or <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be good i'm pretty excited that's my comment
2: <laughs> yeah all right, that, that's that's a good comment you know having said that do you see do you see a song like waves do you see a song like simple desire even your future releases do you see these collection of songs as a snapshot of where you guys are at a certain time in your life
0: mm. fully yeah yeah totally yeah especially recordings so like um Music played live, I feel like, really evolves over time, and just mm-hmm. you, know, you play a song totally differently years later. Mm-hmm. But um, recorded music is like it's the same as a photograph, basically. It's mm-hmm. this one moment that you played it. Interesting. It's just frozen in time. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah I, it's always tricky about that because you don't want to look back on this year and be like, "Oh, this was the pandemic song," and this is <laughs> what's gonna take <taking> me <laughs> back to. There's no. There's no protocol for a pandemic. Like, it's like, okay, here's the list. Here's what we should do if there's a pandemic. There's nothing for that. And it's always, I don't know if that ever crossed your mind. Like, okay, should we delay what we're writing right now? You know, has that ever crossed your mind? Like, okay, should we move waves further to this day? Should we stick to the schedule? And there's some bands who benefited from the schedule. You know, releasing, ban- releasing music in April. You know, uh, I-, I think Lamb of God, they're one of the fir- first bands to actually delay the release. And they actually benefited from it. So I don't know if that has ever crossed your mind about sticking to the schedule for waves or simple desire or anything you guys had planned. You guys are, you guys are, you guys are okay. As, a, as far as that is concerned, correct?
1: Yeah. We definitely considered um, holding back on releasing stuff. Yeah. When we definitely discussed it together, like, is this a good idea? Um, I released an, an album with another band I play in, in May, and, then okay. we could, and we couldn't tour it at all um, we would have been doing probably three months with shows, four months with the shows on it and like it was a good and bad experience releasing releasing an album at the end of May, it was like it, not the best time to release stuff so
0: yeah,
1: we definitely considered like do we hold back, do we not do this and we thought you know what it is what it is, this is the time that we're living in right now, you can't predict the future we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or next mm-hmm. year or whatever so let's just go let's just go for it and we just adapt and evolve and um roll with it
0: i think that's yeah. the grittier thing to do you know you don't wait for the perfect moment you just like it's reality um and like we just want to put stuff out so yeah like we'll make the best of it we can and um hopefully people like it and listen to it yeah but and we're also i think the the thing about being like a a, you know kind of like two people at the helm um we're both pretty i think we make decisions also quite intuitively and like we tend to have the same like instinct about things yeah like this like it's pretty easy so we just um we're just like yeah we i think we just felt like releasing it really yeah yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah i mean the world could use more kino motel i'm just telling you that i mean that's (laughs) and i I, do are you guys planning on a um i don't even know how much you can talk about this are you guys planning on like a studio album in the future
0: Mm. yeah
1: yeah,
2: okay, because that would yeah. be amazing and uh, we're definitely going to do another interview about, about that whenever that whenever that time comes, but um, releasing music is definitely something you guys need to keep doing. I urge you guys to keep doing. I mean, we'll support you guys, you know, before we finish things off here, I'm gonna ask a couple questions. These are like some of the fun questions I asked wait for the end. But if considering you guys have collaborated with someone like, you know, Josephine Runstein already. If it was up to you guys, what would be another artist that you guys would love to collaborate with that you haven't with already? And it could be anybody when I say anybody.
0: Nice.
1: I'm going to say Dolly Parton. To
0: to
2: <laughs> I think he already had that planned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't mind if Tarantino wants to do a music video for us. We'd be, uh,
1: we'd be oh, waiting. my God. <laughs> if Quentin is uh, interested, Quentin, you want to talk? We're,
0: We're here to talk. Happy to talk.
2: Uh Quentin, yes, they're here to talk and let's please get something going. If you guys weren't musicians, has you know, what would you guys would be doing right now?
0: Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. That's, I love that question. Yeah.
2: I'd be a trucker. Oh wow, that that's like the first that was the first response of that kind. I've never had that response before. Usually when I ask this question, the musician would be like, you know what? I don't think I could do anything <laughs> but music you know you're the first person you don't even hesitate rosa that's the most <laughs> impressive part You're just like you know what i'm gonna be a trucker yeah
1: <laughs> i just learned something very new about rosa Taylor. there you go
2: <laughs> ed you want to <laughs> chime in or are you are you is are you going to have that answer where you know what i wouldn't be anything else but a musician i can think of any other way to for me to be involved with music
1: i would be a fortune teller like crystal ball We're in a big thing in a tent somewhere, just like telling people all kinds of lies.
2: I don't know if you guys are giving me actual answers or if these are clues to your music videos. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm just saying, you know, you guys are very artistic with your answers. So that's very unique. Um, So, you know, you guys have come a long way, each of you, you know, with, you know, before Kino Motel, before you guys even met each other, what advice would you have for someone wanting to follow in your footsteps when it comes to creating just technically the fourth wall of music so so to speak you know grit pop like no, no one hears about that
1: i'd say uh yeah definitely do what feels right to you whatever that is so emotionally you got to feel the music If it feels right if it feels like something you need to say or do then do it and if other people don't like it they don't like it but yeah there's always going to be there's an audience out there for everyone. You just have to find it. You know, very true. And uh, practical advice for any young people or anyone else in music, I think the most practical advice I can give any anyone is uh, go to shows, meet people, be nice, and you <laughs> it'll, it'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. You know, just as, go
2: as and- simple <laughs> as that sounds. That is a very that, that that is a very important thing to point out. And buy the merch, you know, support the bands. Any the yeah. fans who are listening to this podcast, buy the merch. The bands can't do it without the help. You know, it's, it's easier said than done. It's a very simple thing. It's a very important thing. Rosa, go ahead. You're holding holding it back. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, look, look. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really think the be nice thing is pretty central because um, – the the vibe that you put out is what comes out in your music too and um and also you never know who you're gonna meet so i'm here today and like for example i the reason why i met josephine runstein in the end and toured with her is because i met some people in a beach bar who i didn't know who they were um and i was just like they seem kind of interesting and i was like I guess I was nice to them, they were nice to me. I didn't think anything of it. I just invited them to come and stay at my place. I was living in Amsterdam at the time. And um, I was like, hey, if you ever tour, I thought they were just this like crazy village band on the beach.
2: (laughs) Hey, those exist, they actually do pretty well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they were, I know, they were like, I was like, this is so cool. I don't know who they are, but um, they said they toured sometimes. So I was like, cool. Um, And then I, I was like, well, come and stay at my place in Amsterdam if you do tour in in the Netherlands and it it didn't take them long to come on tour and it happened to be um, Josephine Foster and um, her band which included Paz from the Pixies <laughs> oh my um, gosh uh, I, I, yeah. I, I
2: personally love the Pixies that's crazy wow
0: yeah they, they perfect so I thought yeah they stayed at my place and um, I, I thought they were just a village band I didn't I still didn't know who they were when they came over and um, one of my friends was like, Rosa, they're like all over these like music magazines. They're
1: on the cover of the
0: <laughs> Yeah. Oh my go gosh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you mean that village band?
0: <laughs> I was just like, I mean, I almost, because I didn't know who they were, and but I just thought they seemed really nice. So um, I, I just like wanted to be friends with them. Um, and it, the same still applies. I'd equally want to be friends with them as a village band because they were just yeah. cool and, and, here, uh,
2: and here you are talking about music you created with that person let's uh, and, it's crazy how things work out
0: yeah and then and then touring with um josephine later in her band it took many years uh, but then we ended up playing together and touring together and then josephine was on that tour and then like you just don't know who you're gonna meet so you should just follow your gut about liking people you like mm-hmm. and they can turn out to be pretty incredible
1: and just be part of your music community even Mm. if it's not for personal gain or whatever but just it's just it's such a valuable thing and we're so lucky to have these things especially normally when you can get out and play shows and all that stuff so yeah just be part of the be part of the scene and be part of the community it's a wonderful thing
2: well said man uh this has been an honor julie did you want to have any last words you want to add before we finish things off here?
3: I think I'm all out of questions. It's been <laughs> amazing left. to meet you guys.
2: Yeah, if we, I think we covered right. everything everything from top to bottom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks, thanks for having us on. We're really happy to be on. And good yeah. luck in the US with everything as well.
2: Man, yeah. I, I I hope you guys come to the states. You know, when all this is over. I mean, obviously, you know, we would do these interviews in person. But you know, of course, with the situation we're in now, we would love to, you know, come to Dallas, you know, or even New York, New York where Julie is at, and then we'll do an in person <laughs> interview. Like that would be, that would be like the best way to like tell our story, how we met. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that time we did that Zoom interview, and Zoom probably won't even be a thing anymore when we meet. So. <laughs>
1: I hope so. Sounds great.
2: Do you, <laughs> guys have any, like, do you guys have any like last shout-outs, any plugs? Is there anything you want to mention about Keto Motel to your fans who are listening before we finish things off here?
1: Uh, simple what Design is coming. Can't say. <laughs> yeah. Simple Design is coming soon. Uh, the video series continues, so stay tuned. That's yeah, right. and,
0: and we want to come to America a lot. Yes. And we hope that you guys... Um, you know that things go well we're really rooting for you
2: yeah yeah we appreciate it too and uh actually one of my first places to visit after quarantine is australia i've never been to australia um yeah. and i got my passport ready to go i was planning on like a, a trip you know this 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 summer to go out there and of course perfect timing you know <laughs> so to speak but we'll see that going forward but everyone is listening you know kino motel rosa and ed you know waves is out right now it came out october 24th and it's only been out in a week check it out on youtube they have a lot more exciting stuff coming up ahead you can listen to this podcast on interviewunderfire.com, on apple spotify all major podcast streams youtube whatever you have uh rosa and ed thank you from the bottom of my heart julie thank you for joining us today uh we'll do this next time thank you guys
1: You can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's
3: S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or RezaBlade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.